Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. If you're new here, I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women, and my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. All right, today's going to be such a fun episode. I had the pleasure of chatting with and being interviewed by Becca Nichols for her podcast called There She Glows and figured I would bring this to you all as well because when you're interviewed, when you're in conversation with somebody, so many new ideas and memories come up. We're talking about some of my favorite topics, of course, quantum healing, quantum leaping, creating your heaven on earth, moving through shadow and so much more. And if you want to check out Becca's work as well, she's on Instagram at Beck Nichols. She is a transformation coach and helps her clients through shadow work and energetics as well. So this was just a great conversation. So enjoy as you listen, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know what your takeaways are. And I love you. Thank you for being here. I'll talk to you on the flip side. I'm so excited to be in your ears and for today's conversation with Helen Denham. Helen is a confidence and business mentor for ambitious women who are seeking to transform their lives and embody their highest potential. With her expert training as a behavior change specialist, quantum healing hypnosis facilitator, CBT practitioner, and Reiki level two healer, Helen is uniquely equipped to guide her clients on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery. She is here to inspire and empower Empower her community of women to design lives that are authentic, meaningful, and fulfilling through the transformative practices of subconscious reprogramming, mindfulness, behavior change, and quantum healing. We are so excited to welcome you to There She Glows. Welcome to the podcast, Helen. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. I too am so grateful and happy to have you here. So we will start off with my rapid fire questions that I ask all of my guests. Go ahead with your sun, moon, and rising. Sure. I am a cancer sun, Gemini moon, cancer rising. Amazing. Your daily non-negotiable. At least a couple minutes of silence and solitude to just let my mind run. Whatever needs to come up, come up. Just silence for a few minutes. I love that. And I feel like that's so difficult for some people. So I think that's a really important practice to take into consideration. Next question is your go-to cafe order. Oh, you know what? I I am like a cafe au lait kind of girl. <laughs> I just love like coffee and steamed soy milk. Yeah. Sometimes just the basics are best, right? Super basic. Exactly. And then the last question is one word to describe this season of your life. I think I'm going through another metamorphosis and we're recording on our eclipse right now, aren't we? So um, that is uh, particularly in the forefront right now is a season of change, of metamorphosis, of initiation and and growth, uh, even if it's a little uncomfortable. I feel like I'm growing. I'm in a season of growth. (laughs) I love the metamorphosis amorphosis word, right? It's just so beautiful. I think it's like the most beautiful word to describe like an evolution or a transformation. So I love that you chose that. I really like to start off my episodes by just allowing the listeners to get to know the guests better. And so I really want to dive into your journey that led you to where you are in your life and in your career. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you and just allow you to share a little bit more about yourself and your story. Totally. Well, I guess if we want to start at the beginning in childhood and how I got interested in all of this, I really struggled with clinical depression from a a very young age, like eight years old, struggled with depression all through high school. And, um, you know, I'm still on a journey to unravel where that really stemmed from. Part of me thinks it came through part of my dharma and my karma from another lifetime because I grew up in the most loving, loving home. And I have a sister that's like an Irish twin. She's only 18 months younger. And it's just so interesting to see how two kids 
brought up in the exact same household can have totally different experiences. It's fascinating. So anyways, uh, when I turned around like 17, 18, I decided that I wanted to stop taking medication because it felt like it numbed me. And I figured, you know what, I'd rather be sad and go through these highs and lows than just be flatlining basically and numbed to life. But I knew it would require learning about holistic healing to do that on some level. But I was so young, you know, I was just about to go into college and I didn't know what was going on. But I think the social aspect of college really helped bring me out of my depression bubble a little bit. Um, And I started to get introduced to all these new ideas. I started experimenting with like mushrooms and plant medicine. And to be honest, that cracked me open. I all of a sudden on my first big mushroom journey felt deeply connected to nature, to the cosmos, to life again. And I felt revitalized. It was, it was like immediate healing to take that journey. And, um, yeah, so that was my personal experience with that. But at the same time in college, I'd been scouted to model. So, um, in order to really get into modeling, they had asked me to lose a significant amount of weight and it's kind of spun me back into depression a little bit, but more eating disorders. Like I just was like, how do I control this? Like, I don't know how to, to lose this weight fast enough. So I really was moving through bulimia, anorexia, just anything to keep the weight down. And at some point, you know, at one point I was just like, I can't live like this for so much longer. Um, and so I decided to just stop, just stop modeling. And I remember going home at one point over, I think Christmas break and my family having a little bit of an intervention with me. And they were like, Helen, you're, you're clearly, you're sick. It's okay. But let's, let's get some help here. And I hadn't had anybody notice it before. I had been in this silent suffering and this struggle. So that's all of the pain basically that led up to the metamorphosis basically of like, okay, there is a way out. I'd started to get really interested in um, Abraham Hicks. I was starting to do EFT tapping. I love Brad Yates for that reason. I've been tapping with Brad for like a decade now. Um, and I just started to study. I started to read all of our classics, like The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, Michael Singer, Untethered Soul, um, all of that. And just got fascinated with this idea that, um, and this realization that we are consciousness in a body, spirits in a body, not strictly chained to a body. And it felt liberating. Like all of a sudden, if I was in the driver's seat, I had a choice in how life was going to look. And it was, it was so freeing. And I just started to get so curious about that. And around the time I was also pursuing music. So I was spending most of my time as a singer songwriter, graduated, went into the music industry, faced some of the same struggles around appearance and feeling worthy enough or good enough because these industries are so hyper competitive um, to boil it down, I've already been kind of on a tangent, but then I went on to, uh, I went to Thailand on uh, a month long solo trip to Chiang Mai and, uh, really was introduced to the lifestyle there. Spent a lot of time around monasteries and meditation and getting to know myself in a completely foreign environment and not as any of the identities that I'd been so attached to in New York city. Um, so it changed around my sense of self-worth in a big way. And after that trip, I, I said, okay, if I'm going to go back to New York City, I need to be in this world. Because at the time, I was making most of my money as a private event planner. But it was like a nine to five kind of startup gig. And I loved it, but I I didn't feel like it was my purpose. So I decided to start reaching out to meditation studios. And I found InScape Meditation Studio and ended up being a facilitator there for about a year and a half. And that was like monk training. And that was where the real deep healing, the subconscious healing came in, meditation really catapulted this. And then, you know, one thing led to the next, I just kept on that path. And then COVID hit. And I decided it was time to start getting certifications under my belt to really study what was lighting me up, got certified in a lot of things, drove out to California, started a new network in Topanga. And kind of the rest is history there. But that is kind of my journey from pain into power into purpose, basically, and why and and how I kind of ended up here. And it's just been stacking from there. What a beautiful story, Helen. And I want to thank you for sharing all of that so openly. I am continually fascinated with just how many of us went inward and really did the work and move the needle during the pandemic. And it was such a challenging time. And it was a time that none of us will soon forget, if ever. 
but we were also all faced in many instances with choices and alone time and a lot of free time, depending on what your circumstances looked like. And so I always find it so fascinating how many of us got certifications, went into personal development, took the courses, did the thing, and just ultimately moved the needle because I think that's really making the best out of a very unfortunate, tragic situation that we all were simultaneously going through. So I commend you and anybody else who chose to do something for themselves to better themselves during that very difficult time. I also love what you brought forward about antidepressants because I hear that a lot, that when people go on antidepressants, they go from feeling things to the absolute depths to feeling nothing and feeling numb and flatlining, as you said. And so I think that's a really perfect example of the quote, choosing your heart, right? Are you going to choose to feel everything to the absolute depths that you can, or are you going to choose to feel nothing? And that's a very, very difficult decision. And so I loved hearing the decision that you made for yourself and why. And I think that can be really beneficial to others who are also experiencing the same. So thank you for bringing that forward. The other thing I loved, loved, loved that you brought up was mushrooms because psychedelics and psilocybin and mushrooms and so many different things are really on the rise. And this is something that we have not spoken about on the podcast before, but so many drugs, including mushrooms, MDMA, acid, that to many people are commonly known in a party setting are now being used as a healing modality. And I think that that is so fascinating and revolutionary. So if you're comfortable, I would love to hear more about how your experience with mushrooms has unfolded since then. If that was just a season of your life or has it truly been an active tool in your healing journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many points that you're making as well that I just love. It was LSD and mushrooms and even like DMT in there at one point, but I never took them in a party setting. I think maybe I'd had one moment but I just knew it wasn't going to be right because it's an, an extremely inward journey and it's very emotional when you get into these spaces and it lasts for a long time. So I really, I, I'm not of the mind to go into these things lightly. They're very powerful medicines. And what I like to keep in mind is that mushrooms are like our ancient ancestors. They're of the earth. They will reveal you as nature through the medicine. So I like to be in nature in the daylight. I don't like to take psychedelic at night in dark, you know, you know, sometimes that works for other people. Everybody's going to respond differently to this. Sometimes it helps to be in community and with music. For me, it was, it's always been a very internal kind of like, oh, somebody had a great word for it. Like, like an astronaut going inward, like an internal astronaut in a way, like you're exploring the cosmos of your inner world. That's what it always felt like. So the best experiences that I had with the, these psychedelics were out in nature in the summertime when it's warm, where you can lay on the earth and you can feel the grass and you can see the grid that connects everything. And I, they were very spiritual experiences that came through that. And I think the seasons come around. Like I know that I'm going to go on an ayahuasca journey at some point, but I don't feel called yet. And I think that time will come, but I'm just going to trust the call because again, I don't go into this stuff lightly. And um, so I'm just going to wait till that feels right. And I would just kind of say the same thing to anybody wanting to try this. If you feel the pull and you feel like it's time, amazing. Listen to that and just go in with a really sacred intention and know that it's safe. It's going to be okay. Like I think mushrooms is a great place to start. Um, you know, it could be all you do and it would be an amazing experience, but it will, the thing is here, it will show you what you need to see. And that's not always comfortable. Sometimes you need to see some trauma come up so that it can be healed and brought to the surface to be alchemized. And sometimes it's going to be a euphoric experience, like you're in a dream world that's real. So it's going to give you what you need. So that's why it's like, 
go in there with an intention because just be open and ready to receive it essentially. So, you know, I haven't, I haven't done any psychedelics in quite a while and I don't feel the need to quite yet. I feel like I'm on a very interesting, like logical journey in my mind and my spirit right now of like organizing. That's my Gemini moon coming in, but I do, I'm sure it will come back in at some point down the line. Yeah, I think it's always important to go into things with intention and to do things when you really feel called and you really feel ready to do them rather than just jumping on a trendy bandwagon, if you will. And I think just so many people are on this journey of wanting to meet their next level self and really desiring expansion. And it's really, really interesting to see how plant medicine is now having a role in people's experiences and pursuing that. So thank you for speaking on that because we haven't had anybody on the podcast talk about that yet. So that's really, really enlightening. I wanted to ask you about confidence because obviously you are a confidence mentor and I'm wondering first and foremost, have you always been a confident person? And if you have not always been a confident person, how did you build up your confidence? Yeah. Um, you know what? No, <laughs> I think as anyone who's struggled with depression or anything, that's like a lack of self-esteem, lack of self-love basically. And that started to change, um, you know, as I started to love myself more deeply and started to be more forgiving and also not expect that I'm going to be feeling high all the time. And I actually started to embrace the pits and the, and the valleys that accompany the peaks as well. And I think when I got to that point of welcoming the dichotomy of life and understanding that this is a wave and an ebb and a flow, instead of trying to make it all perfect all the time, that also led to a sense of freedom. So it started really that I was offering meditation. I was, you know, leading ceremonies or circles with, with other women. And then when I really started to look at what the outcome was that these women were experiencing or people in community were experiencing in general, it was confidence, you know, and I, I was calling it, you know, healing or all these things. And it was like, yeah, but it's like, okay, what's, what's it really giving us here? What does this journey really provide for us? It's confidence. And I think confidence is kind of a word that we can throw around easily. But when I think about what confidence really is, it's a deep, like resounding feeling of stability and trust in ourselves and forgiveness and gentleness with ourselves. Um, it's not this surface level thing. I mean, if we really think about the people that we consider to be the most confident, it's like a soul level resonance. It's not this fluffy thing that, you know, you know, we put on makeup in a cute outfit, we walk out the door. That's kind of like a personality, a mask that we all wear. Everybody wears a mask. But confidence is, I find, a lot deeper. It's a real, a muscle that's built and a trust that is built with yourself and with the universe. And, and my pillars of confidence really come down to faith is one of them. Having a relationship with spirit has been a huge part of building confidence. And as I deepen that, as I work with spirit, as I work with these, the subtle realms and the energetic realms, that increases my confidence and my self-love because I believe that we are the universe. We are nature. We are the universe experiencing itself. And confidence is a recognition of that and a remembrance of that. So there's that, that's the spiritual side of it. And it's also, confidence is also being who you say you're going to be on a daily basis and building up that integrity with yourself and your community. So the more that I, I said, you know, I'm going to do this and then I did it, I felt really good. So I was like, okay, this makes me feel good. This really builds my self-esteem. So confidence also has a lot to do with setting goals that are attainable and achieving them. And we can start small there. It doesn't have to be crazy. And I actually goal setting is a big thing that I do with my clients because I'm like, we, we don't plan even five months out. We do what's a, what's the next natural step? How do we get through the next natural step so that you, you can show yourself what you're capable of and then we'll take it to the next level, but incremental. So I hope that answers the question a little bit, but yeah. Confidence is definitely a muscle and it's a practice. I'm building it every day. I mean, I'm a confidence mentor, but I still have moments where I like get triggered and my inner child comes out and I feel self-conscious or something, but that is part of it. That's part of it too. It doesn't, it's not really shaking the, the core there. Yeah. 
I love that answer. And I just feel so strongly that confidence really is an energy. And in your own language, you have said essentially the same thing. I think we tie confidence and aesthetic and appearance too closely together when really, in my opinion, it has very, very little to do with that. So I really, really loved what you said. And when you began speaking about integrity, you are speaking my love language because I am so huge about integrity. It's a core value for me in my life and in business. And that is one of the top ways that I truly believe and that I speak on for building confidence is cultivating that self-trust through integrity, right? And doing what you say you're going to do, being true to your word, because if we're constantly breaking promises to ourselves, it's hard to trust ourselves. And so in turn, it's hard to feel confident in ourselves. So thank you for saying that. And I completely agree. You touched on inner child there, and that really segues beautifully into my next question. So you have some signature programs. We're going to get into those a little bit later on in the episode. But in your confidence mentorship, you guide your clients through inner child healing as well as reparenting and ancestral healing. And I'm wondering why these were important to you to include in a confidence course. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You've done your research. I love this. What's your sign, by the way? (laughs) I am an Aries, Leo, and Sag rising. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Ancestral healing is in there for sure because I am really curious and I've gotten more familiar with epigenetics and how belief systems are basically passed down, not just by the words and the, the beliefs that we share in a household, but also through like our DNA. And there's been a lot of really interesting science and research around this. For example, like there could be groups of people, if their ancestors were in famine for a long time, they were, their bodies would store more fat to help them survive. And so, you know, this group of people nowadays might be a little heavier. That is just an example of how belief systems can get passed down very tangibly and how ways of surviving and just interacting with our world can get passed down like biologically. So when I think of ancestral healing, I think about what did our ancestors suffer from? What have we gone through as a collective that we can start to unravel and rewire? Um, And with women, especially because I work primarily with women, we take a look at our grandmothers and our maternal side. And we take a look at where women in our families may have been made to feel smaller, may have been shunned. I think a lot of us carry a witch wound, to be honest, as women. We were persecuted for our gifts. So many witches who were burned were literally sages or women that just knew about herbs or women that, you know, had very strong intuitions and Um, you know, it's something that I think is repressed in women. So when we're talking about ancestral healing, I I really like to dive into the, the female and the feminine wound there. And for men, they can go and look at their grandfathers as well and take a look at their paternal line as well. So there are a lot of different themes in play. If you guys are curious about epigenetics in general, I'm not an expert on it, but it's so enlightening to be like, oh my gosh, I'm carrying I'm carrying a lot in my body and my bones. So there can be this like, you know, rewriting of our stories. And this is why this healing is forward and backward. It's not just healing our generations coming forward and the children that we may bear, but it's it's also healing our grandparents and our, you know, when we collapse time and space, this is when we start talking about like quantum healing. When you heal this, you heal humanity in so many ways, forward and backward. So I think ancestral healing is a huge part of this and forgiveness and, and, and lightness. I mean, even just now, like we're still struggling to get a lot of, get freedom in so many ways in this day and age. But imagine what our grandparents were going through. I mean, our grandmothers couldn't even have their own checking accounts until the seventies. It's like, that's a lot. That's a lot to bring through the feminine line. So I think that's important to take a look at for sure. And the same thing kind of goes with inner child healing, which is more immediate. You know, our subconscious gets formed zero to seven, zero to 14, if we're being generous. So what did we pick up in childhood that became true and real? And we see this come up a lot around money blocks and the the willingness to accept wealth and money, especially women. Again, it's like if you ever got told marry rich, that's how you're going to survive. Like that's a big thing. So, and a lot of women are now running businesses and facing these aspects of self where they're blocking abundance, for example. Um, you know, this comes in with love. How do we receive love? How do we protect ourselves if we feel unloved and 
So that is where we really get into the the self-love work and the worthiness work um, is about taking a look at the stories we picked up when we were kids and what we were told was bad or wrong about us, unraveling that. That's the, so that's all the inner child work. And the inner child is very present, you know, again, going back to this thought of having us all wear masks all the time. We all wear a mask when we leave the house or when we get on Instagram, we have makeup on or we, you know, that's okay. That's like, it's very human. It's like, it's our ego. And I don't, I don't really subscribe to the killing of the ego. However, like what parts of self are not serving us anymore that are actually holding us back? That's where we get the chance to, to start peeling back those layers. Um, and then what was the other one on there? Uh, (laughs) And reparenting. That kind of goes along with the inner child healing as well. But um, something that I learned from Lacey Phillips' program, To Be Magnetic, was she actually has you envision like your ideal parents. Like even if you love your parents um, or if you didn't have a good relationship with your parents, you can envision like the ideal version of them. And this is a beautiful way to go through a visualization process is visualizing yourself being brought up in the ideal, most loving, most empowering home, getting everything that you needed in that space and like redesigning your parenting in so many ways so that you can carry that forward. Um, so I love using visualization as a technique for that, where you can really see like, where were you silenced as a kid? And can we actually bring you through a visualization or a hypnosis where you see that going a different way, going a better way, a more loving way? Um, and that's why I love hypnosis. And I love working with these, the, the deeper parts of the subconscious is because you really get to implant those beliefs. And, um, so that's the more, the, the reparenting part. And also, you know, knowing, seeing where you can take care of yourself differently in present day. Like how do you self-soothe? Is it harming or is it helpful? How can we repattern the ways that we self-soothe that rewrite how our parents may have trained us with love and forgiveness? And, you know, it's something that always comes up is like, you know, my parents did the best that they could. We make a lot of excuses for that. Of course, we're all human. And if we decide to be parents someday, we're going to make mistakes too. But, you know, it's not about you know, what happens to us. It's about how we decide to heal from it. And that is our responsibility, I believe, because otherwise we're in victim mode. So the reparenting has a lot to do with reclaiming our power. And again, rewriting stories here, because all of this is a story that we're telling ourselves all the time. Like, I'm not able to do this, or I'm not good enough to do this, or I'm not ready to do... These are all stories. So there comes a point where any point really (laughs) the present moment that we can change these stories around and begin to rewrite them. So yeah, those are definitely some of the themes that come up. So many golden nuggets. There are some episodes of the podcast that when I'm in it, I'm like, I'm definitely going to listen to this as a consumer. And there were so many things that you said that I absolutely loved and me having a niche in shadow work. Some coaches say, you know, it's really important to find the source of some of our shadows and our self-limiting beliefs and what have you. But I have actually always disagreed with that because you cannot always find the source because sometimes things come generationally or ancestrally. And so I absolutely loved that you had the ancestral healing in your program. And I think that's so important because even an example that I think about quite a lot is like the sisterhood wounds that we have from the witch hunts and how we view other women as competition and just how that all comes into play. I think those things need to be addressed. And I love what you said because fun fact for you and everybody listening, I was a witch in my previous life and I lived in the depths of the forest in Ireland and I would utilize like tinctures and other holistic medicines to heal people and I was constantly hiding from the outer world because what I was doing was illegal and would result in me being killed and that was just really really fascinating for me to learn and kind of see how that's played into my current life and I just think yeah that's just a fun fact as we're talking about the witch hunts but I know what I'm doing tonight, Helen, because when you started talking about visualizing our ideal parents, I really felt that somatically in my body, which shows me that it's something that I need to look into. I have such a beautiful relationship with my mom and she truly is an angel and I'm so grateful for her. And then I also have another parent. And so visualizing that parent as my ideal parent was quite painful, even in the millisecond that I allowed my brain to go there. 
So that will be something that I do tonight. So thank you for that visualization. I think that will be a really nice compliment to the lunar eclipse and just the chill evening I plan to have. You did touch on money mindset there, and I wonder what kind of practices or what kind of beliefs that you felt that you had to overcome in order to be the successful businesswoman with a healthy money mindset that I assume you have presently. Oh, well, I love that 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 resonated with you somatically. That's really beautiful. I have something so exciting to tell you about. So I took a poll recently and you guys said the biggest block that you had around your self-development journey was consistency with your practices and knowing what to do in the first place. So I created a course for you with a super unique format to help you stay consistent, keep you accountable and give you all of the tools that have helped me to build my confidence over the last 10 years that I still use today. Radiate Confidence is a four week email course with lessons delivered straight to your inbox every other day. And lessons range from inner child healing to EFT sessions to highest self activations to sacred rituals that were passed down from my diviner. And I even put in an amazing bonus module for you. When we have this level of consistency and focus in our lives and accountability, everything is possible. So if this feels like a heaven's yes for you right now, just click the link in the description below and start getting your lessons right away. And side note, the price goes up next week. So this is the perfect time to invest in yourself at a truly amazing rate. All right, back to the episode. Yeah. Let's see. Let's talk about money. Oh yeah. Money. I, I love talking about money because it's like the, one of the most triggering things for people, but it's so fascinating. <laughs> And I will say, I don't, I do not claim to have it all figured out, but I love looking at money like a language that we can just keep getting better at and keep using as an empowerment tool. And I think a lot of my money mindset, I touched on it earlier was like, you know, my dad was the breadwinner in my family and my mom was like this amazing entrepreneur and she'd always be doing lots of things, but she'd have like these windfalls of money. Like if she sold a house as a real estate agent or she sold a painting as a watercolor artist or, you know, she's a pilot. So if she did something with that, it's like she would have these amazing cash windfalls, but then she'd be like, she wouldn't have money coming in, but it was always fine. Cause my dad was making good money and it was totally fine. So I think what I carried through was like money comes in windfalls and it's difficult to make. And I really need someone else to be the, the stabilizer there. So when I was in music, you know, I also had this programming in there that was like, um, I'm a struggling artist. Like, you know, it's impossible to make money as a creative person. And now um, as an entrepreneur, this is still very creative work. Like we're content creators as we do this work. And it's like, we're running these very creative businesses that are very spiritual, of course, too, but it's all creative. So I think that's been a mindset that I've really been shifting out of. And what I would say about money is like, it's a relationship that we get to build. So I love to just constantly be in relationship with money. Like, if we're scared to check our bank accounts, we're sending out a signal like I'm scared of money. So I check my bank accounts every morning. I take a look at all my money. Um, I give love to money. I have my spreadsheets. I do my, you know, and instead of budgeting, I have like um, spending fun, like just making this a more fun experience. It's not constricting with money, but more of a flow. Um, and I have certainly learned that when we invest in ourselves, that money comes back tenfold. So I've learned to allow money to be spread out and to move among community and to help me expand and grow instead of hoard and be afraid of it. Um, and I bless my bills, you know, like if I'm, I think this came from Louise Hay, this idea, you know, when I pay a bill, I say, thank you so much for the support. I love, like if I pay rent, when I pay rent, I'm like, you know, I'm so grateful to be in this beautiful home and, um, I'm so grateful to be paying my car payment. I love my car when I pay for food at the grocery store. I'm so grateful and blessed to be having this experience. So it, again, it comes back to having a beautiful, sacred relationship with money and letting it come in and opening different portals for growth. So I still am managing that now, you know, as I run my own business, I'm like, where can I open more portals of expansion? Am I limiting myself here? Am I constricting myself here? Am I putting a cap on this because of some subconscious belief? Like, and money is infinite. It really is energy. So if there is something that we desire and we don't have it yet, it means that we've just got a little cap on our self-limiting belief that gets to be moved out and moved on. But in terms of money and just growing like that, like 
I remember the the monthly amount I'm making now. A year ago, I would have been like, "Are you crazy?" And still now, today though, I'm like, "This." I, I still feel like I don't have like enough sometimes. But I think that is because I have very intentionally surrounded myself with other women that make more money than me and show me the way forward. Like, and that doesn't have to be hiring a coach or a mentor. If you do, amazing, you will quantum leap. But just following them on Instagram or listening to people who have podcasts that will support you and help you. But this really is, we need to see it to believe it for sure. Um, so I just find that that has been very helpful to stay in rooms with women that are ambitious and moving the needle forward because it makes me realize how much we are capable of and it's so exciting. So that's my money. That's my money download. <laughs> so many incredible things that you said in there as well, which is just becoming a trend. We love that. But part of blessing bills and having gratitude while spending is such a big part of prosperity mindset. So I love that you do that. And I think that's so important. I think that that's something that not enough people really take the time to do, right? Because we always just are in this lack mentality and we don't realize that we actually do have enough to pay our bills, to pay for groceries, to pay for our car, to pay for our phones. And it really is a blessing. So I love that you brought that forward. I love what you said about just keeping yourself surrounded with women that are making a lot of money. And that's why I think that group programs and masterminds and just different type of environments are so, so powerful because it really is all about what you normalize in your environment. And I was talking about this with a client just the other day, but it's like, if I'm surrounded by people who are making a certain amount of money in a job that they hate, that becomes normal. But if I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs that are driven, that are making bank and normalizing that, then that becomes normal to me. And so you have control over your environment in that way. And that's really where the quote comes in of you are similar to the five people that you surround yourself with most, right? So I love that you touched on that as well. And I think with every level that you hit in business or just in life, it's really true what they say, new level, new devil, right? And I've got to see myself this week actually and realize that I definitely have some stuff that I need to work through because I just hit my first big milestone in business and I went into mute mode didn't say anything to anybody I actually had my business mentor call me out and ask about my launch and when I just so quietly said oh blah 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 this mini girls come in she was like um excuse me Like, I know what the cost of your program was. So does that mean you hit this milestone? And I was like, yes. (laughs) And she was like, and we're just not going to touch on that. We're not going to celebrate that. And I was very like quiet about it, which actually is not my personality at all. And then today I challenged myself at lunch to share it with my mom and sister and it felt uncomfortable in my body. And I was like, oh, there's definitely something to look at here. Like, I feel that you think you're at a good place, but then you reach like a new level and the shadow comes back around and we have to reintegrate it. So I'm curious, have you dealt with that as well? Like new level, new devil type of energy in business? Mm, well, first of all, congratulations. Honestly, like, I think like we really need to give ourselves some credit. If we've, if we've had one or two clients, like that's big. Getting a business off the ground is no joke. And I think like in this world, we kind of get fluffy with it. Like, yeah, it's just mindset. It's, it's work. It, you really have to put your head down and develop really strong habits and, and get all the back end worked out. So and when I, when anybody has like a month like that, or they hit a goal, like, I just think it's something to be so celebrated. And I think the shadow to that potential for me, at least has been like, I think we have greed associated with money a lot in this society where it's like, it's not kosher to talk about this. It's very taboo to talk about this. It's like, you know, so we push it down or we think we're bad or wrong or greedy for holding money. Um, and I think, I've actually pushed money away subconsciously for that reason to be like, oh, well, more people are going to want something from me now. It's really interesting because that does manifest. Like now I have emails saying, hey, will you support this or will you donate to this? It's like, guys, I don't have as much money as you think I do. But it's like really interesting. Like, um, you know, when you do reach these new heights or when you are more visible, people, you know, come out of the woodwork. So it's interesting what stories might be in there that we're not aware of yet. Like that the more money, more problems. That's like a thing. That is a thing. So I'm, I'm working on letting that go as well. Like money, money flows to us easily. It's, I manage money easily. It's a really beautiful thing, but, 
But, and, you know, making more money does mean a a different frequency as well. So like, for example, I know that if I want to hit, you know, millionaire status, I'm going to need to open up a group program and launch that and welcome all these amazing women in. And I, uh, I've been realizing this last few months that I really am a hypersensitive person, like not to label myself as an HSP, I really am. Um, like to the point, like I, I really can't even listen to music in the car because I will cry. And that's partially like my cancer, <laughs> cancerian nature. I was going to say. <laughs> but I'm like hypersensitive. So um, working in intimate containers is not draining at all. It's just intense for me. So knowing that like I'm going to be opening up a group program at some point in the future, I got to get ready for that emotionally and energetically. So And that's going to bring in more money. So this is why the spiritual work and like managing our energy is so intertwined with making money as well. So there's always something to to learn there. And it's, it's very fascinating. But I think right now I'm just in a season of, again, coming back to the, like learning the language of it, like getting my Roth IRA set up and investing really well there. And like, just, I think these things that most, uh, most women either weren't taught early on or were scared to look at or anything, but like. I keep having this conversation with my the younger women in my program. I'm like, do you have your Roth set up? Do you know how to invest? It's like, let's make this really easy. Like literally, if we don't have the setup, you can open up a Fidelity account. You put some money in there, but then you got to put that money in the stock market. And people freak out about that. But it's literally a touch of a button that we are just programmed to think it's not accessible to us. And this is just another kind of feminine wounding, I think, around money that it, we we believe it's hard and it's really not that hard. The boys club just didn't, didn't really share a lot with us. <laughs> the boys club. I love that. Yeah. I love everything that you said. And I think something that really landed for me, and I think it's important for it to land to other aspiring entrepreneurs or business owners is that when you do hit big months, it's also important to remember that it's not technically your money, right? Like it goes back into the business. And so I had that reflected back to me by my mentor. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind that it is a business. So you're going to have to reinvest that money in different ways, whether it is personal development yourself, graphic designer, like whatever it is, right? So that's really important. But I think for me today, it's like, there's this greed that's almost associated with sharing a financial milestone with people. And the reality is it's not greed, but rather the result of really, really hard work and dedication and getting my hands very dirty over the last couple of years and being willing to be the beginner and being willing to miss out on things because I prioritize my business and just being really fucking dedicated to the vision, right? So it really should be celebrated. And that's why I'm going to take tonight to just have a night with myself and celebrate myself because I know that deserve it and that it's coming from a place of good. So I love where that conversation went. So I want to segue into quantum healing because you are a quantum healing hypnosis facilitator. And I want to get into that with you. But first, the concept of quantum leaping is talked about a lot in the spiritual community. And I would love for you to share with us what quantum leaping is. And are you able to share a time where you have experienced a quantum leap in your own life? Mm, Yeah, great question. Yeah, quantum leaping is totally a hot button word right now. And I do love it. Um, You know what I think it is? It's, It's the collapsing of time and space. It's this realization that it actually doesn't have to take a year to do this. Like if you want to heal and you put in the the effort and the presence with yourself to do it, you can change your life very quickly, very quickly. And that's what I have witnessed with the women that come into my containers. It's like if they have two months with me or they have four months with me, their lives are going to look completely different by the time they come out. It's really not me. It's them. They come in and they, they show up for themselves. And I ask them the right questions. We do the right things together. But they leave and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that I am the same person. I'm like, you're not really the same person. You've done all these new things. It's like, that's a quantum leap to me when you can compress time and space and you just take massive action toward the woman that you want to become. And that really can happen quickly when we take the blinders off. So I think it's quantum leaping is like a lifting of the veil and all of these, you know, roadblocks that we've put in our way and realizing that we can lift those roadblocks. Um, you know, and it's just about knowing that you have tools available for you, but I think where most people get stuck is like, they just don't know where to start. They don't know what tools to go to. They don't know what to do. And I think 
the first step to having any kind of quantum leap is getting hyper clear on what you want at all. So most people don't know what they want. They're like, I just want to be successful. I'm like, what does that look like to you? What does success look like to you? Okay, I want to be a leader. What kind of leader? What does that look like to you? Does that look like being a CEO or does that look like leading a silent retreat somewhere? Does that look like living in the forest in your cottage? Like, what does leadership look like to you? You know, get hyper specific and then tell me how that pans out. Give me a list. How does this plan out? And then let's bring that down to, okay, what are you going to do this week to start embodying the leader? Okay, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do right now to start embodying the leader and speaking like that? And once we boil it down to that level, we can really start to make changes. And something that I even have been doing in my sessions is having people read aloud to me because a lot of women are like also aspiring coaches and entrepreneurs and leaders, and they don't really feel comfortable speaking on camera yet or making reels or something. So I'll have them read to me. And it's amazing. Like the first time they read something, their voice will be shaking and they'll be like really nervous. And the third time they read it, they speak as a leader. So that's kind of a hyper, you know, boiled down example of a quantum leap in a small way of like, yeah, you just showed up as a completely different human being right there because you leaned into the moment and you peeled back the veil of unworthiness and you stepped into your power. So take that and multiply that times a thousand, you know, and look at what can happen in a month. It's absolutely amazing. And then to your second point there of where I've seen that happen in my own life, I mean... I think I just I just did my own first big launch around my mentorship container. I'd always been kind of skirting around it, like, yeah, you can work with me here, here, and here. You can kind of work. And then I hired my own business coach, um, and she took me through a proper launch and got me all set up. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, scared of this. Like, And I saw the immediate results of putting that, just like you said, diligence in. I put my head down and got my hands dirty, took massive action. I think that's the thing. It's backed by action. We got to take big action. And I think sometimes we're not honest with ourselves like we'll be like I am taking action but like what did what do we actually do today that moved the needle forward like did we take massive action or are we being a little <laughs> a little dishonest so I try to be really honest with myself and I'm like okay how much have I just been like you know tiptoeing around something and where have I actually taken action sent the email called somebody reached out posted about this shared my services I post every single day on Instagram I almost never miss it I take weekends off but that's action to me and that helped that's the integrity part as well. So that's where we get quantum leaps. Quantum leaps aren't happening in um, stagnancy. They're happening in action. So my job as a mentor is to get you taking action and helping you take the right action that's most in alignment with your highest self, essentially. I must say your definition of quantum leaping is my favorite that I've heard so far. So thank you so much for putting that so beautifully in your own words. And of course, I am biased as a coach. But I really feel that coaching containers and mentorship is the secret sauce to quantum leaping. And it's like such a hot topic right now. And if that's something that you want, I have witnessed all of my clients start out as one person. And then weeks later, we are a completely different human. And to me, that's quantum leaping. And it's as a result of investing in yourself, taking massive action and putting yourself in the right rooms. And I just absolutely love that. So when you speak about quantum healing in your programs and on your social media, are you speaking of the same thing or what does quantum healing mean to you? Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. You know, I'm glad that we had that conversation because uh, I haven't really heard a lot of people describe quantum leaping actually. So I'm glad we, we moved through that. So quantum healing actually. So I love to bring action. Like action I would say is what happens in the container. We, we take big action together, but we're also working with energy. We're working with the more subtle energy realms. We're working with energetic protection, um, cleansing and clearing the auric field getting our chakras in alignment, opening up the heart space, bringing emotion up in a safe way, really. So quantum healing is creating a very sacred and extremely safe space to heal, I find. Um, I think it's actually a sign that you're honestly sometimes doing well when you have a big emotional response because you feel like safe to do it. It means that you're in a space in an area where your, your wounding can come up to be patched up and healed. So that's what I'm here for, to be the anchor and to be the guy to say, all right, what needs to come up here? Let me ask you the right questions or let's let's go deep in here. But I begin every session 
with some of that for at least 10 to 15 minutes where eyes closed, we're dropping into a meditation and we are surrendering. We're working with the breath. We're calming down the nervous system and we're opening up the crown and we're anchoring our root as well down. So I kind of imagine it like charging people up like a tree of life, like roots are going really deep and the crown is open to be open and ready to receive. And we bring in guidance and support, you know, from, from any realms that we want to work with, but only the most loving, lightest frequencies. And when we do that, when we set the intention to be open to help, and I, I pray a lot, I speak to God all the time. And I've only recently become comfortable with saying God, you know, source universe, you can say whatever, but deepening that relationship with spirit and speaking like that and setting the intention to receive help, I think is also really powerful. So that's part of what we do sometimes is just opening up the support system, you know, palms up, open, ready to receive and asking for whatever needs to come up to be shown to us in a session, whatever needs to come up. If it's more logical, great, but if it's more emotional and spiritual and ancestral, let's bring it up. And it's amazing what will happen when we set that intention and something comes up, you know, midway through, we're like, holy shit, this is exactly why we open up our energy here so that these downloads can come in and that we can heal together like next level. Because without that intention, I think we're kind of holding, holding ourselves back a little bit. Let's ask for help. Like we're, we're not alone here. And when we do ask for help and we start to open up this dialogue with spirit, beautiful coincidences start to come in. Synchronicities come in, opportunities come in. Um, and it's really just a matter of being open and ready to receive because what I have found and what my own healers have showed me is that they need our, our spirit guides, our teams. And, you know, I don't claim to know exactly what's going on over there, but they need a, they need a, um, a flare, like a, Hey, I'm, I'm open. You can come in, you can come in and help me. And, um, I'm inviting you in without the invitation. It seems to be that we have a little bit of a block there. So I like to constantly be practicing that openness and whether that's lighting a candle and meditating in the morning or writing in my journal or just, in the bath, you know, closing my eyes and letting the water wash through me and asking for, you know, I've even been working with water spirits recently and giving offerings to the ocean. And so there's so many ways that this takes form, but I'm going on a bit of a tangent on quantum healing, but it's really opening up to the subtle energy realms here, bringing that all in so that we're guided and we are channeling in so many ways. And I think some of these words are such hot button words that they get washed over, but it's beautiful what can really happen when we open up like that to receive support. That was the first time that anybody on the podcast has ever talked about quantum healing. So that was a really beautiful tangent. And I thank you for going on it. I think the big takeaway for me there is just the knowing that the load of life just becomes so much lighter when we are in co-creation with the universe instead of thinking that we are just on an island all by ourselves, and that it's all up to us. And I think my relationship with the universe and with my spirit team is something that I really lean on quite heavily. And it just makes life feel so much more flowy and supportive and just there's lots of love there. So what I wish for everybody is that they define their own spirituality in a way that feels really good for them and that they can lean on the support of the universe because it really is there. And sometimes it takes us a little bit to find it, but when you do, it's just, you're just wrapped in the warm embrace and there's really no feeling quite like it. So thank you for sharing that. I would be absolutely remiss to not ask you about your monthly full moon circles because today we are in the full moon lunar eclipse in Scorpio. So I know that you host monthly full moon circles and I would love to hear more about your relationship with the moon and just how you honor the full moon and potentially how you are honoring the full moon tonight. Mm, thank you for asking that. I've put it on hold just for the last couple of months because I don't know, this is where I think intuitively like trusting my energy flow, it started to feel like I, I did this with my business coach. She was like, what feels like heavy to you right now? And I was like doing these circles every month. Like I'm going through an initiation of my own. She's like, just pause it, just put on pause. So I was like, I'm going to lean into that. So I think next month I will pick them back up again and, and keep going with that. Um, but it's felt really good to trust my energy and my flow and to see if you know, when's the right time, but in, in the times that we do come together, it's just so nurturing to witness one another and just give voice to whatever we're moving through as a collective. 
And in those circles, we pull Oracle cards. I take you through one of those hypnosis sessions we were kind of talking about where we do highest self activations. And what I love about the moon, and maybe you've heard this before too, is, you know, when we think about the moon as a cosmic body and how it moves the tides and how we are so much water, how could it not be affecting our, our bodies and then our emotional selves? Like it's just, it's so clear, especially when you like, you know, sense even our cycles, you know, our menstrual cycles with the moon. It's like, it's such an emotional process to move through every month. And we can tell when we're like high energy or lower energy or what's going on there. But I think the moon, it's more about water for me. It's more of like the watery energy tapping into the the emotional flow that goes on every month. And it's nice to have an, an excuse to release and set intentions. And because intentions are so powerful, like words are spells. We are constantly creating our realities. So I think it's wonderful to have a marker on a full moon, on a new moon to say, okay, what am I purging? What am I releasing here? Like really actively looking at that so that we're not just passive in life. Same thing with a new moon. It's really nice to set intention. So, you know, kind of the basic is that full moons, it's like the cup is filled to the, filled to the brim. It's full and it's spilling over. So it's, it can be very emotional. It's like we're carrying a lot and then we, and then we release. And that's what seems to be going on tonight, especially in this Scorpio water energy and the South node, which is all about purging and releasing more karmic cycles on an eclipse too. It's not just like what happened this last month, what happened six months ago that started that is now closing out now. So tonight, what I'm going to be doing is a cord cutting ritual. Um, and I actually, I don't know if you guys follow Chris Corsini, if you follow Chris Corsini, he's like such a great Oracle card reader, astrologer on Instagram. He does sign language in accordance with like his card pulls. He's just fabulous. I love him, but I found him recently. And, um, so I was watching one of his videos today and he has like an $11 cord cutting ritual. And I was like, I need a little zhuzhing with my, you know, ritual here. So I'm going to, I haven't taken it yet. I bet I'm sure it's going to be good, but, uh, so that's what I'll do tonight. And, you know, sometimes even like burning a piece of paper or having like actual ceremonial moments where you can see it being released is very helpful. So you can flush a piece of paper down the toilet with the beliefs that don't serve you anymore. You can, or you can absolutely light something on fire or this, this, and this, you know, but I also like, I love to take a bath and just envision like the, the water carrying all of that denser energy out. And then, I'm not really going to be making my manifestation list and redoing my boards really until tomorrow, probably. I'm just going to let tonight be for the purge and then the next round to be an upgrade and an update. But I think it's a great time as well to be looking out if, over the next week or so of like new invitations that are coming in, any newness, because this is a karmic cycle and this is a karmic closing. So whatever is coming next is signaling a beautiful new chapter. So I'm just looking out for like, what opportunities are here? Is there anything that I'm missing? Any doors that I can open right now? And, and I think that's why I said metamorphosis is the phase that I'm in right now. Cause I can sense that there is like, I just had a quantum leap on Instagram. I, I had a couple things blow up. I grew by 10,000 followers in like a week. Oh, so that was like a quantum leap. So now I'm my initiation now is like, okay, what do I do with this? <laughs> so yeah, that's an example, basically. Mm, it sounds like you're going to have an absolutely beautiful evening and our evenings are going to be very, very similar. I always love a full moon and I'm just feeling the energy so deeply, but I think I also need to consider that I'm going through my Saturn return. It is Mercury retrograde and now it's a full moon. So with all of those things combined, I think tonight's going to be a really great night and where you will be doing your cord cutting, I will be doing my reparenting visualization. Thank you to you. So tonight's going to be a beautiful night. So Helen, my last question to you, I was on your website because yes, you are correct. I do my research on my guests and you shared that your mission is to help your clients create a life that feels like heaven on earth. And so given that heaven on earth is going to look very unique to every person, I want to ask you what heaven on earth looks and feels like to you. Oh, beautiful question. Oh, I love that you're giving me this question because it's always what I ask everybody else. I'm not sure if I've checked in on this oh, recently. Oh, I love that. <laughs> What does my heaven on earth look like? I'm a projector in human design. So I, I'm like a, and I'm a cancer, as you know. So it's like, I love rest and ease in the day. I love pleasure. 
Like my ideal day is like a long rising ritual. I I love to be, you know, moving my body, having my coffee, reading, journaling, like slow. And then I don't usually like to start working until like 11, 12 and just, I get really productive in the middle of the day. Um, I love my work so much. I love my job. Like there's no other way to say it. I just feel so lit up when I get to connect with these amazing women every day. So I am already living in my heaven on earth in so many ways. And what I hope to see is that, um, that includes more travel. I just love traveling so much. So figuring out how to bring this stability around the world, basically, and, um, feeling creative. I think I'm also calling in more community, immediate community in person, because so much is online. So yeah, I think it's creative energy. It's continuing to just build this and allow for more women like this to come into communion together. But I, I feel so blessed to feel like I, I, that's my affirmation. Like I literally get up every morning and I'm like, thank you, God, I'm living in my heaven on earth every day. Like I, I really intentionally say that every day, like, thank you for another day. I am so blessed. I'm so grateful to be here. It's going to be an amazing day. So I intentionally cultivate that on a pretty regular basis and, uh, and nature. I think I need to, as much as I can be in nature, I'm happy and grounding and in the sun and I'm in Maine right now. So we're up for a beautiful Maine summer. So it's happening. It's already unfolding. So it's just more of that, more happiness. That's the goal, right? When I say heaven on earth, I just mean happy. I think it's such a blessing that you feel that you're already living in your heaven on earth. And I think too many people don't feel that they are. So that's a really beautiful thing for our listeners to reflect on and maybe ask themselves what the next actionable step is to get closer to what heaven on earth may be to them. So this has been a really beautiful conversation, Helen. I've really loved all the different directions that we've gone. And I want to close out the episode by allowing you to share your social media profiles and also your current programs and offerings for our listeners. Becca, thank you so much. You're a wonderful interviewer. And just, I love, you know, your own journey coming in here as well. It's so beautiful, but thank you for that. And um, yeah, you can connect with me. I'm just on Instagram all the time at Helen Denham underscore. I love creating over there. So I make a lot of reels like with EFT tapping and, you know, meditation and all the fun things. And then my website's just HelenDenham.com. So everything's over there. If you want to work with me one-on-one, there are a lot of options for that. So I'm just so grateful to everybody who tuned into this episode and and for you holding the space for me to share. I really appreciate it. I know my audience very well and they are going to absolutely love you. Okay, my darlings, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you got some value out of this conversation. And before you go, just want to let you know that there is a free book linked in the description below for you to help you build your confidence and give you some really tangible tools and practices to integrate into your life. So enjoy that. And I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.